Your name is John Coffey. Greetings, you are now listening to Coffee Talk, and this is John Coffee. Here at Coffee Talk, we do this for the culture with new episodes every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can check us out online at www.coffee-talk.com. That is K-A-F-I-T-A-L-K.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at John underscore coffee underscore. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore coffee. Be sure to like that Facebook page at facebook.com slash coffee talk pod. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at coffee talk hosted by John coffee. And we're also available on Spotify. Once again, that is K A F I. Now, first order of business is our news story of the day, which is about iRobot. <laughs> FN Mecca is a, uh, a computer-generated digital entity uh, that allegedly they used uh, a real rapper's voice to set the tone and uh, then the computer thought on its own after that point and basically there's a digital character fully digitized not real uh, hip-hop artist that got signed to a major record deal so um, there's a new story uh, from brooklynvegan.com uh, it says, as you've heard, one of this biggest, one of these week's biggest and weirdest stories in the music world is that Capitol Records has signed an AI rapper, FN Mecca, who was already a star on TikTok with over 10 million followers, and whose debut single, Florida Water, features Gunna and Fortnite streamer clicks. And he's reportedly the world's first AI rapper to sign to a major deal, and then they dropped him following controversy surrounding his use of the N-word and for making light of police brutality. Now, the New York Times' Joe Coscarelli shared a statement from Capital, which reads, Capital Music Group has severed ties with the FN Mecca project, effective immediately. We offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. We thank those who have reached out to us with a constructive, uh, with constructive feedback in the past couple of days, your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association with the project. Now, digitally generated rappers. Here's my take on it. What better way to commodify the culture for clout? Seeing as how hip hop and black culture in their purest forms are frequently snatched away, diluted to the point of being more digestible by mainstream culture, and then sold back to us, this would only seem like a natural progression of the fuckery. 16 years ago, one of your favorite commercial rappers, Nas, told you hip hop was dead, remember that? I know a few people that felt the same way the first time a rap record was pressed and released, be it Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight, or whatever you consider as the first commercial release of hip hop. I think that's because the reins were then handed over to entities outside of the culture itself to dictate new rules to us. And most of us within the culture easily accepted it from back then until now. Now, over the years, I have known many people that have thought, you know, the elements of hip hop culture were drugs, guns, cars, and money instead of art, dance, music, and poetry. Now, this perspective readily allows those outside of the experience to kind of demonize and criminalize people that lay claim to the title of hip hop artist. 
and looking at the nature and history of rap music in the major industry, it's often difficult to debate this argument. You know, the most violent, misogynistic, ignorant, and morally bankrupt are often propped up as idols for the rest of us to worship. Now, out of the classic elements of hip hop, you know, DJ, graph writer, breaker, and MC, the MC has been the only one packaged and marketed in this way as a corrupt American idol. No other genre of music glorifies the debauchery of its stars like rap music. Even rock and roll with all of its sex and drugs has a moral compass. If you take a closer look, a lot of the wild rockers from back in the day have gradually transformed into grumpy conservative senior citizens. Now the Tupac hologram at Coachella Music and Arts Festival back in 2012 was one of the first instances of the packaging and marketing of a person as an emblem of the culture being taken to an almost obscene level. I like to call it digital purgatory. While the effing uh, mecha character isn't quite the same as evoking the spirit of your favorite deceased rapper to squeeze a few more pennies out of his soul via digital tap dance, I do think it falls dangerously close to the same category. Now, how do you feel about it? Let me know in the comments section of the YouTube video. While you're there, be sure to tap that bell icon and subscribe to my channel. All right, for our Coffee's Crates segment of the podcast, I will be checking out some music or referring you to some music that I think is good. Um, For this episode, our debut episode, <clears throat> I want to start out with addressing the album that our featured special featured guest is a part of which is black feather messengers by bedlam brethren once again it does feature <clears throat> kevlar 7 the late kevlar 7 rest in peace definitely of wiseman out of detroit by way of grand rapids it also features chief kamachi who's a former member of Army of the Pharaohs, you know, the extended family of Vinnie Paz, Jedi Mindtrix. Uh, then we have another feature by Thurston Howe III, who we'll be discussing later on in the podcast when we talk to Udi. Uh, he's the lowlife general, you know, he's got his own movement, well-established, the Polo Rican, you know, so uh, that that's a legendary feature right there. Uh, also, Verbal Gods, uh, also known as Holocaust Sons out of Indianapolis and a few other features it's totally produced by Spearman from New Zealand it's got a dark classic hip hop sound to it it's reminiscent of the 90s we got a, when we released it it got a lot of fanfare as far as overseas people that were more appreciative of, of that type of vibe that throwback vibe and it's uh, it's definitely a good a good piece of work so be sure to check that out also on the radar, of course, is releasing or being released, rather, I should say, August 26th, which is actually the time of this recording, The Elephant Man's Bones by Rock Marciano and The Alchemist. Now, Rock Marciano uh, was a part of a, a clique called The UN back in the day. He was also known for as being a... Uh, a associate of Busta Rhymes and part of the Flip Mode Squad at one point. I remember off of the Anarchy album with Busta Rhymes, he had a joint uh, he was featured on with uh, Ray and Ghost. 
also uh, Rock Marcy. He's been touted as the godfather of the new hip hop renaissance. You know, so he's he's definitely someone to someone to check for. And this is his newest release. And what's special about this release is it's entirely produced by the Alchemist, and I heard it's been many years in the making. So you definitely want to check that out. It's it's got a real theatric sound to it. Uh, there's a couple singles out, I believe, already. Deja Vu, maybe. And some of the features include Ice-T, Knowledge the Pirate, which is his close uh, associate that he appears on a lot of songs with, and uh, Action Bronson, who he also does uh, collabs with, as well as Boldy James out of Detroit, who is a uh, member of the Griselda family. Now, I gotta address one of my favorite MCs as a fan is uh, Black Thought. And he's got a new album out with Danger Mouse, the producer DJ Danger Mouse. It's called Cheat Codes, and it's it's really great. Uh, It came out August 12th, so it's already out there. Go check it out on the streaming services. And uh, it's got a few high-powered guest features, Raekwon, Joey Badass, MF Doom is on there, RIP to MF Doom, ASAP Rocky, Run the Jewels, Conway the Machine from Griselda, so... Be sure to check that out. It's called Cheat Codes. Danger Mouse, for those that don't know, is, uh, he did a remix of uh, a Jay-Z album, uh, the Black Album. It was called, it, and he used some Beatles samples from the White Album, and they called it the Gray Album. So that's a remix album he did, or a, a mashup, you could say. And he also produced uh, the, the Mouse and the Mask with MF Doom. So you want to be sure to check that out. And on that note, that's it for this edition of Coffee's Crates. We'll keep you in tune with that underground sound episode by episode, letting you know some new releases that I'm uh, currently enjoying. And we'll try to keep you in touch with all that, that ill hip hop, that ill underground sound. You were just listening to a snippet of Purgatory Article by Bedlam Brethren, and the man whose voice you heard is none other than our special featured guest for our debut episode of Coffee Talk. He is one third of the classic hip hop trio from the early 2010s that delivered that ancient hip hop sound known as Bedlam Brethren. He goes by a few names such as Hollow Christ and Erratic Assassin. Please welcome Udi of Bedlam Brethren to Coffee Talk. How are you doing today, sir? Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Now, um, I wanted to get right into it and uh, just, just you know, start at the beginning and uh, let us know, like, your your life in New York, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I want to let the let the people know real quick that um, the the diverse thing about Bedlam Brethren, uh, as far as culturally, is that we come from three different locations on the planet. Well, two of us come from the same country, but one person is from a whole different country. Spearman is from uh, all the way in New Zealand, down under, and uh, Udi is from New York City specifically. I'll let him tell you the rest of that, but me myself, I'm from Indiana, from 
from East Central Indiana. So we we, we come from a diverse background and, and, and Udi himself transplanted to Indiana some years ago. So I'm gonna let him tell the story, but I just I just wanted you to uh you know, let them know what it's like as far as the culture shock of maybe your life growing up in New York versus the Indiana life. Yeah, man. I mean, it it, it was it was a it was a shock. You know what I mean? Because of the fact that you know, growing up in New York City, you live a you know fast life. It's so fast. You hear about that when people talk about New York. It's like coming over here to Indiana. You know, everything slowed down. You know, everything was like really, really. The level was like, whoa, slowing yeah. down, you know? But, um, yeah, it, once that happened, you know, it was like, it definitely, definitely was a culture shock because of the fact that, you know, things was in the city, growing up in one of the biggest cities in, in the world. It, it, it's definitely, definitely something that, that, that's different when you come over here, when there's like no, you know, nothing, nothing around. 24-7, everything's open, and then why over here, it's like nothing, woods. Yeah, the city never sleeps, right? Right, right. You know, never. You know, you got you got people constantly outdoors. You got you know outside. You got people. You got you know it's, it's live. The, you know the diversity, right? As well, you know, as far as like Haitians, Jamaicans, Puerto Rican, Dominican. You know, you come to Indiana. I mean, it's it's getting more diverse as time goes by. But you know, here it's not really as as mixed up as it is there and it's and it's it's a lot more culture language and food and clothes and all that you know absolutely new york city is one is one of the places where people come from all over the world so you have all different you know uh uh cultures from all different parts of the world that that unites in, in, into one city you know and and uh out here in indiana it's just you know a little bit you know people don't a lot of people out here I found that a lot of people out here really don't 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 know there's more like different cultures of the world is out there it's like they they, they should try to embrace that you know what I mean right. try, to, try to like you know try that out you know check that out because it, you know it, it's it's like that and, it, and for me growing up in New York I got the best of both worlds as for growing up in a city where where you know it was more through the people and different people all over the place and coming over here and it's like New York City is 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 a whole lot different than here, man. It's, it's, but it's it's I like it out here though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to mention one thing. Um, cause you know I went out there. You invited me out there. We shot the video. We shot a couple videos in New York, and uh, we were actually in your your uh stomping grounds, which is what part of New York? Uh, East Side, Spanish Harlem. Yeah, yeah. One sixteen, right? 116 between Lexington and Portland, Marquette, you already know. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. So, uh, like, you know, the movie Carlito's Way and also like Malcolm X, you know, they, there's a lot of historical uh, movie or theatrical cinematic events that have went down in that particular area as far as, you know, filming. And as far as, I mean, come on, we know about the Spanish Harlem song by Aretha Franklin. That's what East Harlem is, Spanish Harlem. So, you know, uh, uh, tell them a little bit about that uh, Carlito's Way. Yeah, Carlitos Way was filmed right there on my block, on 116. Part of it was, anyway. Uh, so, on 116, there's a there's there's a place called Marqueta, which right. back in the back in the 80s it used to be a you know a market. 70s and 80s it was a market. You find all sorts of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. From from uh, 
fish to, to all sorts of sewing materials and whatever, whatnot. But uh, they used to have a little fruit stand, and it, it, what it was, it was it, it was uh, under a bridge, under a train bridge, a Metro North train bridge, and uh, the Marqueta was, and also under part of that bridge was a little fruit stand, uh, and that they used that in Carlitos way uh, when he uh, came out, when he just came out of prison and uh, met up with his uh, connect, right. the time that he's retired. But yeah, man, it was it, it, a lot of uh, good movies and, and uh, good shows were, were, was made around the way. Yeah, you y'all be sure to check out that Carlitos Way movie. It is a classic film. Al Pacino, you know, John Leguizamo, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the list goes on and on. It's a it's a very deep film about uh, seeking redemption and and you know getting caught up when you're trying to do the right thing and all that. It's it's, it's a, a very good movie, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. So I, I did want to, you know, kind of approach the, the the topic since this is a hip hop based podcast. I did want to address your your beginnings as far as what got you into the culture of hip hop and some of your earliest inspirations. I mean, I, I don't think nothing got me into the culture. It's just kind of like I discovered the culture as I was growing up, going through my teenagers and listening to, to my cousin, my cousin's joints. You know what I mean? And uh, shout out Jose, you know what I'm saying? J Platinum. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it, it, a lot of a lot of music around the way New York City, man. You know, from from the '80s through the '90s. You know what I mean? It's like you know, all, all these different uh, uh, styles are coming out. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like I like I like the way things were progressing from from the '80s all the way through the '90s. You know what I mean? Right. And the lyrics were, were getting more and more that I could, you know, get my attention more, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of like drew me, it, it drew me into, it drew me into that, you know, that culture. You know, besides that, you know what I mean? I was already hanging around with Zulus and all that back and then. It, it helps that you were in not only the cultural mecca, but the ground zero when it comes to hip hop, you know? Right, absolutely. So, you know, so it, it was always constantly around. It just kind of like took us, you know, took us time to, for me to, to come to it, you know what I mean? Right, no doubt. So, uh, so who would you consider among all of the hip hop that you listened to in your early years when you when it first caught your ear when you first said, "Hey, I wanna, you know, I wanna, I wanna do that. I think I might wanna pick up the pen." Who do you think some were some of your early inspirations and and uh, any inspirations when it comes to hip hop? Um, some of my inspirations. I mean. When I was younger, you know, most of mo, you know, mo, most of the joints that I was listening to was like West Coast joint, Ice Cube. Of course, had a good, uh, good, you know, what I'm saying, friend on mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's that's real. Uh, that's surprising, you know, to to be from New York and uh and 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 having the West Coast be uh, you know, one of your insp inspirations. You know, that's that's a unique approach. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Uh, growing up, growing up in the wild, man, I mean, like, growing up, you know, living all that in the wild, I mean, we, we were listening to, like, you know, through the 90s and shit, you know, listening to, to like, West Coast joints, Midwest joints, so it's like... He had a diverse palette when it came to hip-hop, huh? Yeah, yeah, so it's like, you know, it's, 
Ice Cube was one of, you know what I'm saying, was 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 one that I was listening to heavy. That shit was on rotation all the time. You know, Gorillas in the Mist. Oh yeah, Blinch Mob. And I mean, so many joints. Easy, of course. Recipes easy, but um, as far as like inspiration, yeah, like Cube, uh, Cypress Hills, um, you know, Dodds Effects. Right. Well, House of Pain. You know, all this is all them joints. Who who was who was one of the early New York MCs that you that you uh like early on were were uh inspired by? I'm gonna say uh uh I've listened to like early days like Special Ed, of course, um Dana Dane. As far as like to pick up a pen. You know, it, it, that that came that came later on in the '90s. You know what I mean, so you were still a fan during those early stages, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was still listening. I mean, I wrote my first rhyme. My first rhyme I wrote, man, was to uh, to uh, Dear Mama. Tupac. It's another West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote that. I remember. I remember my. You know, what I'm saying like it was like a barbecue out. You know, we went, I can't remember where it was. It was about uh, 115. And uh, I remember they somebody had a mic. And I, I spit that rhyme on that. Yeah, that's a that's that's a dope ass beat though, for real. That that dear mama beat. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that joint. I had the instrumental on. Uh, I had the maxi single cassette with the instrumental on it. But yeah, like I mean, Tupac's from New York anyway. You know, originally. So you know, it is what it is. But and also with Ice Cube, when he left NWA, he went to the Bomb Squad with Chuck D and them. So that's you know he went to the East to you know early on. So yeah, he had he had that New York appeal and flavor to his to his early music. But uh, we we gotta tap into the Black Feather Messengers album, which is the debut album of uh, Bedlam Brethren, uh, of which Udi is a member. And uh, this album is uh, it, it's I mean, come on, it's. It's considered it, it was it was critically acclaimed and by many it's considered a uh a, a classic considered a classic i've heard i've heard i've seen and heard and that's really i ain't even picked that up yeah pick it up yeah you can go to uh bedlambrethren.bandcamp.com that's b-e-d-l-a-m-b-r-e-t-h-r-e-n bedlambrethren.bandcamp.com the album is uh it's like four it's 14 tracks and it's got features like you know kevlar 7 chief kamachi our people's verbal guys and uh thurston howe the third who was you know well connected to you from back in the day we'll talk about that later but i just wanted to off top address the album like how do you feel about the response to the album like are you are you satisfied with the response it got when it dropped like as far as what was the general vibe you got from people after they heard the album? I mean, the vibe that I got from from some people is, is I mean, they 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 felt the album. A lot of people felt the album. But I think that that uh, I think it was I, I think it was a little bit ahead of itself. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Most of the most most of the people that, that have said things about that was it's been positive things. So right, you know, it's like 
and I've seen comments and everything and, and much love to, to, to all the people that, that, that love the album, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Somebody said they're praying for part two. Word, word, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? I've I, I seen that. That's, that's actually, that's, that's, that's true story. I've seen, I seen uh, uh, somebody even posting that and said, I'm praying it fast. And I'm, that's that love, though. That's, that's that love, though. That's yeah. That. You know, as far as, like, you know, the vibe that I get, you know, I, I get a positive vibe. I just I, I just feel like like a lot of people, when the album dropped, a lot of people kind of, like, didn't know what to expect. Right. So when the album dropped, you know, it's like, you know, Everybody felt it, you know what I mean? Right. But I think a lot of people should, you know what I'm saying? A lot of more people should, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's on vinyl now, especially. You can get it on 12-inch vinyl, uh, bedlambrethren.bandcamp.com. And uh, I got a few CDs left. I'm willing to, to mail out to a few, uh, if necessary, some some limited editions. But, uh, you know, uh, Savage Trinity from Verbal Gods, he was talking to me a few months ago, actually. And he, <clears throat> no doubt, shout out uh, Trinity. And you know what he said to me? He said that, like, the shit that y'all did, like, on that Bedlam album, he said basically, like, Griselda, how they're, like, blowing up now with, you know, West Side Gun and all that. It's kind of like, it's almost like in that vein. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, shout out, shout out to Westside Gun, shout out to, to Bay, shout out to, to the whole Gazelda fam, you know yeah. what I mean? But um I think Bell and Brethren falls in his own is in his own category. A lot of people when 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 the whole when when the whole uh uh, uh movement started is like yo, you know people didn't didn't understand the the the, the the titles, people don't understand the name. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like once people started started peeping it out and checking it out even more and going in defense with I think a lot of people, you know, were were, were, were like really wanna know more and really got close. But they put us in the category I felt like that it's more like in its own in its own vibe, in its own zone. Right. You know what I mean? In the hip hop game. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Underground hip hop game. Definitely, Bedlam has its own uh, knowledge slash dark slash you know street appeal to it. But I mean, in general, like if you listen to, like I'm a big fan of of uh, Conway and and uh, the Machine and uh, uh, Benny the Butcher and Westside Gun, and I've been listening to them for for a while. So what I mean is, it's like the the archaic beats, the the boom bap. Appeal the the old school uh, the old school rules playing by the old school rules. That's like they they made a big push for that, almost like a renaissance. It's like with Mar Rock Marciano and people like that. There's a few people. It's making a resurgence now, and it's like what I think Trinity meant by that is like y'all was back then. Y'all were on that. Y'all never let go of the tradition. You held on to it. So you know throughout the you know through thick and thin, you were repping those uh, those old school credentials. You know. Or true school, I should say. That's, that's peace. Shout out to Savage, man. That's my, that's my dude, man. Yeah, yeah. Verbal guys, I'm actually uh, going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to uh, Zion7 about doing an interview uh, uh, very, very soon. So if you're listening, uh, hit me up or I'll hit you up soon. But uh, yeah, as far as like mentioning like 
the, the sound of of the album i just wanted to go through track by track and uh not necessarily track by track but ask you basically like what's your favorite uh song on the album overall oh man my favorite song you already know man you should know already man purgatory article oh yeah that joint was actually recorded uh before the album was even like an idea like it was just a joint like a collabo joint it was just it was just a joint man it was like you know when that joint came out hot no doubt no doubt no doubt it, man, it was like I really, felt, I really felt that one so it's like and, and the whole the whole vibe to that whole to that whole song the, the whole the whole putting it together the video and everything man cause cause I remember like you know what I mean like a lot of a lot of people out here is like, yo, you gonna make a video out there and all this and that and Right. Nobody, nobody really felt that shit out, you know what I'm saying? And when I went to NY man, right when that shit came together. Yeah. Yo. I had I I had some of my people here was like, Whoa, y'all in the buildings in, in New York, cause you know, we in a we off here in a small college town. And our people was like, Wow, you out in uh you out in New York on, on rooftops <laughs> out there spitting but uh that purgatory article was the joint i would say that my favorite is uh i've been thinking about it actually the last couple days and i was you know i i mean i got a few favorites myself man but it's like you know purgatory article is number one yeah i would say that that's that's definitely a standout track for real and uh i would say also a couple standout tracks are because of the guest feature thirsting out the third i say stairway to bedlam I would say The Fallen is, is a dope track. And Supernova Ar Architects, I think, to me, I think personally that's that's one of my best verses on the album. Yeah, Supernova Architect is is a hot joint as, as well. On that. I mean, it, that one there, I felt that one too. Yeah, yeah. On a different level though. You know what I mean? And also, A Murder of Crows, you know, because of the narrative of it, you know? Yeah, Murder of Crows, man, that, that was... That's that's a good one, storytelling joint. You know what I mean? But that was that was uh that was one of those joints is like you could you could actually feel vivid vividly, you know what I'm saying? So you could come on you Right. You know what I mean? You could imagine that shit, play that movie in your head, listen to that shit. Right, right. No doubt. And uh overall I think it's a, it's just a good it's a good piece of work, you know. Um even the interludes and everything, I think is the order of it and everything, it's all good. Um Shout out to man for the for the yeah. beach, man. Spearman, yeah, I connected with him randomly, I believe, on, uh, I don't know how I connected with him. It was on social media. It was on the internet, definitely, but uh, it seemed like I met him around the same time I met you, which I did want to address that since Kevlar is on the album. Kevlar was involved in, in us connecting as a as a group. We met at an actual a Wiseman show in Indianapolis, you know, and I was with my brother, uh, a man called Relic. That's the name he used to go by. And, uh, he was like we had met you and uh i think we were waiting to waiting in line at the bathroom or something and you was like freestyling or something you were just spitting or something something happened your brother your brother was spitting your brother had a cypher going on oh okay yeah yeah so and i was and, and uh and uh yeah I was, I was going to the bathroom and, and i got caught in the cypher it was like right off the stage man right off the right. side of the stage you remember the the bathroom was like almost in the back of the stage right on the side and you surprised and me and my brother was both surprised when you rap because me and my brother even though we from indiana bro we got that we got that true mc mentality so we think we used to think everybody's whack 
like that was our first idea our first thought is everybody's whack until you can prove otherwise you're whack you know what i'm saying so it was like when you when you were spitting we was like oh okay me and my brother he was like he was surprised he was like yeah okay cool okay that's what's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I felt that it, it was a good night, man. I, I really uh, that night. That night was really was really uh, one of those for the books, man. Cause Beretta Nine, Killer Army was there. Yeah, Killer Army was there. Um, Bronze Nazareth. Yeah, Kevlar Seven, all the wise men. Um, Shout out to Kurt Pfeiffer. He put it together in uh, Indianapolis. It was at uh, locals only. I, that place is closed now. It used to be a little hub of underground hip-hop but yeah it was it was definitely so that's when we met a brief clash of the titans and then afterwards you know you had shown me some of your singles and then i was like man why don't you why don't you drop these joints and uh i said you got all these joints i said why don't you put out a mixtape yeah so then we we uh put our heads together and we put out we released uh your your songs on the as a mixtape called uh the assassin's touch it says it's touch. Check that out too. Oh yeah, that's definitely that's on bedlambrethren.bandcamp.com too. It's uh, it, it's it's really really dope, and it's got a uh, it's got a few guest features. You got Timbo King on there, Holocaust, Purgatory Articles on there as well. That was the first appearance of Purgatory Article. I think you got a few other guest features on there as well. But uh, yeah. Um, what do you think is your best verse on the Bedlam Brethren uh Black for the Messengers album? Oh man, my best verse. Um, man, honestly, I'm probably gonna have to say Purgatory. I've said stuff before, but I'm telling you, the whole album's dope. But Purgatory article is probably one of those lyrics that I, you know, written on. Yeah, that's a dope job. I I mean, like I said, I felt that one, man. That that one was like, you know, my mind. Anybody that knows me, man, you know. They know Udi, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. I, I, Udi out here, by the way, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I've been out here for 25 years in Indiana. Right. But uh, You always touch back down frequently to New York, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, shout out to all my peoples in NY, man. Love them, man. That's, 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 that's my heart out there. Yeah. Family, friends, and all that, you know what I mean? Speaking of back in New York and speaking of the Black Feather Messengers album, uh, while we're breaking it down, there's one particular guest feature that, that stands out because of your early connection, and that's Thurston Howe the Third. Now, I, I know a bit of this story, but for the listeners out there, could you tell them like what is the connection between yourself and Thurston Howe and how did you end up getting him on the album? Because that was all you. Without you, he wouldn't have been on the album. Well, Thurston Howe, man, he's, he's a little stairs, man. He's, see, uh, when my cousin married his married his uncle, was with his uncle, and they lived upstairs above from me. And uh, my cousin, Jose J. Platinum, uh, they both, you know what I'm saying, you know, grew up together, and they would, you know, tell shit like that, because over my, over's my, uh, my cousin, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, Thurston Howes, you know what I'm saying, is is pretty much his cousin-in-law, you know what I mean? Right. That's how, you know, the connection came. He, okay. Thurston knew me since I was a kid, man, me and my brother, you know, since we, since we you know, young and running around the hallways and shit. Right, right. And uh, you told me how you came to, like, the, the realization that you know that there was some kind of connection there. You said you were watching a video and you saw your fam in, in the video? 
Cause you didn't make the connection that this dude that used to live upstairs was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was uh, uh my dude Dave, man. Shout out Dave, um, One Sixteen Productions. Uh, he uh he's a Thurston Howe fan, man. He put me on, man, a few years ago. He was like, "Yo, check this out, y'all. Want you to check this video out? Y'all ain't Thurston Howe." I was like, "All right, let's see it." He put it on, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, you know. The video was started off with him, you know, his family, you know, showing pictures of his family. Next thing I know, I see a picture of my cousin and, and her husband, you know what I'm saying? Right. Get to, like, you know what I mean? You're like, wait a sec, wait a second. Yeah. And I was like, yo, hold on, yo, come on. That's, I played a few more times, so I was like, man, you know, I got to get in contact with this dude, you know what I mean? I got to contact Thurston, man, so... He did, you know what I'm saying? My dude found, him, found his number and all that, got his number, handed it to me, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, I called him up and uh, I left him a message. I said, listen, yo, you know, my name is Udi, you know, and uh, I seen your video, I seen my cousin up in there, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I said, he called me back and uh, he's like, yo, I don't normally, you know what I'm saying, pick up the phone, people, or, you know, call people back, you saying stuff, it's like, you know, and it's like true and all that, so you know, and then he, he's like, yo, you, you Udi Cheeto's cousin, you right? And I was like, Cheeto's your cousin with Cheeto's is Jose, you know what I'm saying? Right. Cheeto, we used to call him Cheeto. And um, he was like, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. So he, he was like, yo, that's, that's what's up, yo, time I said, what's up, time, you know what I'm saying? I'm a rapper, man, you know what I mean? I rap, you know, I don't think he knows that. You know what I mean, because <clears throat> it's been it's been a minute since since Vic, man, you know what I'm saying, since, since I was a kid. You know what I mean? Right. See him to then. You know, a lot of us didn't know that he was rapping, that he, that he was like that. You know what I mean? So, you know. So it's like, damn, you didn't even realize that, damn, this is this is a cat. Yeah, like, I mean, we, you know, we started building. From there, you know, I called my cousin Jose. My cousin Jose, you know, what I'm saying, started building with him again, and you know, just. Doing things on family strength, you know what I mean? No doubt, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's definitely a strong connection right there because uh legendary with the low life movement movement and everything. Definitely, man. And I've been checking for him since I bought his uh first album. I lived in Columbus, Ohio, it was back in like two thousand. I bought the uh I went to this little underground spot. I used to go to uh, a place called uh, Bernie's Distillery in Columbus, Ohio, and he had actually performed there before. He had came through and performed Thurston How the Third Did. It was a legendary spot. I think Fife, when he was doing his solo album, Fife Dog, God Bless the Dead, did a show there too. Uh, and they had a lot of stuff. Megahertz, uh, my guy Metaphor, so Mega was from there. I'm about to interview him on an upcoming podcast as well. He's connected to the Columbus, Ohio scene. But, uh, Thursday out of third, I remember I went to this little underground record store in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, I copped that Skillionaire mixtape. I was already familiar with him because of the whole movement behind Raucous Records and Polo Rican and all that, and uh, also Game Recordings. He had put out, he had put out some joints on there as well. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was it was just dope all the way around as far as the album it had that freestyle energy and plus he was in the blaze battle the first blaze battle for blaze magazine so yeah i was i was hipped in for a minute so when i found out you was connected i was like bro because we were sitting there i'm trying to figure out who the guest features would be and i was already building with chief kamachi you know and i was we was both already building with kevlar independently of each other 
you know and uh the wise men so it just it made perfect sense to have them included on there and then you know i think you know also with the verbal guys you know we had to, we met in indy and we both had connections to indy as well so it's like you know it's just i think it, the stars kind of align for that project the way that when you look at it as far as yeah i really that's that's one of the things about um black feather messengers is that you know what i'm saying um it really came together like literally came together so easy you know what i mean right so kind of like like it's like it was really really meant to be you know what i mean yeah yeah no doubt that way yeah i can say that out of all of my i've done about 15 20 music projects i've been involved in it that many and i think that that's one of my crowning achievements you know what i'm saying i think furious euphoria is a close second but i think one of my crowning achievements as far as hip-hop is being participating in that uh in that album you know y'all need to check that out check that shit out man bedlambrethren.bandcamp.com bedlam you know bedlam is like you know chaos confusion you know uh, Bethlehem, St. Mary. Let, let them know what, what it really means, man. What are the acronyms and all that? Be- Bedlam is like it's a shortened version. It was a it was a mental institution in the UK called St. Mary of Bethlehem. It was known for how they treated the patients horribly, but it, it got shortened from Bethlehem to Bedlam, and it means like basically chaos and confusion. And also, it's a it's a uh, there's a couple different acronyms we use for Bedlam, which is one of them was blind eyes don't look at me. And that deals with like people that don't it, it deals with being underground and behind the scenes under the radar, you know, and then also which we were just talking about earlier about how everybody didn't really latch on to the album, you know, when when we dropped it. Um, but also uh, it stands for uh, beware evil does live among men, you know, and that that's also indicative of where we're where we're at in society right now you know it's, it's avoiding avoiding traps you know you got to avoid those traps of life you know you know what's crazy is man you know it, it, it's called black feather messengers man yeah and we came out and we dropped you know what I'm saying messages right down your front doorstep yo no doubt and real talk everything that a lot of things that was that that was that was said on that album man is literally what's coming out what we dealing with today right yeah that's what I think like the MCs, the best MCs are prophetic with their words, like they can foretell things. I believe I believe that too, man. Like sometimes we 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 all are, man, and, and, and we just don't realize it. We just don't know. That's why they say, man, be careful what you say. No doubt, no doubt. Be careful what you say. Bring that out into the world, man. You know no doubt. Man? Your words can uh be given life. Right. Exactly. But I'm saying I think I think that, that that album that album was was set I don't know, a little spark or something, man, cause most of the things that were set on that album is literally, you know, what we're dealing with today. I think a lot I on a lot of things, you know what I mean? You know what I think? I think that the that album, although it wasn't a huge commercial success i think that that album did influence a lot of under underground i'm talking about under the underground like internet like rappers that do this this uh they used to do the the whole you know that whole dark vibe that whole dark knowledge vibe you know like maybe some like wu-tang type stuff i think it influenced a lot of people that that won't necessarily 
wouldn't necessarily be willing to admit that influenced them you know because i mean like even to this day i just saw a group that popped up on my radar on one of my subscriptions and it was they were called the brethren and they had this dark angle that was the name of the group it was like a hip-hop group and they had like this dark these dark lyrics and they were called the brethren you know and i know it's funny because I, there's a lot of people that i've bumped into and in just my dealings you know on the internet as far as you know uh trying to promote music or just being in contact with people who are doing guest features or whatever and they'll be like oh man you know i heard that bedlam brethren album i was like wow i didn't realize so many people actually you know heard it you know so i wouldn't underestimate the the listenership of that or the or the fans but i would i would say that i think that we've influenced you know not to sound egotistical or anything but you know like i said i i think that that we we held on to the to to the uh the code while others people other people let it go and was chasing different things you know and to me my, my when i embarked on the bell and brethren album my thing is i'm sitting here in indiana and everybody i i, I grew up on your uh tribe called quest and red man and and wu-tang and and rock Cam and big daddy kane and slick rick and all this so my due to the fact that i'm i'm a little older i'm a man of a certain age i was influenced by early early hip-hop and when the hip-hop was early it was mostly it was mostly new york centric i mean if you even look in nwa back in the day they was like yo yo word and they had fat dookie ropes and they was dressed like they would dress and talk like new york a little bit so 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 later on it wasn't until later on with when people came into their own and they started developing their own their own like saying this is our culture here and everybody started had coming up with their cultural identities in different areas then things kind of changed but i think that since early on since i was known to be a rapper and when i started everybody that i would encounter in my specific area which you know the midwest specifically indiana they would always refer to me to east coast during like the Tupac Biggie era is all oh, you do on the East Coast stuff. And then it would be like, oh, you're on that Wu-Tang stuff. So to me, Bedlam Brethren was a love letter or better yet, a fuck you letter to everybody that had been calling me Wu-Tang all the time. So I'm like, OK, if you want me to go Wu, then I'll, I'll you know, I will reveal my true Wu-ness. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and go all the way in. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Again, I mean, you got you got to understand. I mean, you 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 got to understand how people is out here, old man. Yeah. Out of, out of the culture, the culture, the hip hop culture out here, it's kind of like, uh, you know. Yeah. It's like being in a gang these days. You got to quiz these kids, like, what you know right. about hip hop, bro? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like I. Shit. I've, I've met like in various different cities you travel with me so it's like I, I know people all over Indiana that are actually true blue hip hop heads and stuff and really believe in it but you know there are you know as with anything there are going to be posers you know that, that just don't really it's just something to do it's something that you can use as a mask to wear to look cool or sound cool and not really be about the fundamentals or the uh, the code or the culture you know that's a little too much for a lot of people you know to, to go that deep into it yeah, that's real talk, man. And that's, you know, and, and, and for those who don't know, when I talk about being quizzed on, on hip-hop, yo, y'all ever go to Bella Brethren's show, y'all better know y'all hip-hop game, because talking all that hip-hop, this man right here, my man right here, yo, that's that's that's, that's the walking, talking encyclopedia of hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
I try to. I I got a little specific like group of artists that I that I've studied. I don't. I can't tell you everything about anything, you know. But I can. I can. Uh, there's the stuff that I do like and that I do listen to and that I do know about it. I'm not ashamed to let it be known, you know. Yeah, I mean, I got, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Rosie, Rosie's like that too, man. Shout out Big's Unique. Big's Unique. Unique, bro. You know what I'm saying? But, um, Big's, Big's is like that too. Right. You know what I mean? He's on, he's, he's on, he's always on point with it. It's all about that information, man. You know, they say curiosity is the uh, linchpin of, uh, of intelligence. So, you know, I've always been hungry for knowledge since I was little. So that's why I took it. I took it way more seriously than a lot of people around me as far as rap goes. It's like, wow, you really went, you went that far with it. Like you sitting here looking up, you know, who produced what and who's related to who. Yeah. The hip hop culture, at least here and there. And, and when I talk about him, I'm talking about whole Indiana because there's a lot, there's a lot, there's, there's, there's a lot of hip hop culture all over the world, man. Right. You know, we can't turn around to you know what I'm saying, hip hop somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, um, but but what I'm saying is where 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 I'm at right now, especially here where I'm at, Golden, Indiana. I mean, this is this is this is a retirement town, right? but the culture, the culture, believe it or not, man, still lives on even through these little small towns like that. You get definitely you get kids from, you know what I'm saying? Young 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 MCs from from different close by states, Michigan. You got. You got MCs from Chicago, you know what I'm saying? Hawaii. Yeah, man, they come through, you know. Canada. Yeah, they come through. Japan. You know, they show up over here for the lakes or whatever, you know, during the summer, whatever the case may be, and you end up, you know what I mean, one of, you know what I'm saying, at a bar or something, you know what I mean? Spitting rhymes or whatever, you know? It's definitely a global culture and it's definitely a craft. And it, it, to me, there is a uh, there are these fundamental guidelines, you know, where people, you know, they adhere to them. And it's like the foundational structure of what this thing called hip hop is. It's like. Right, exactly. And my, and my thing is, is that if, if you don't have, you know, if you ain't grew up in New York and none of that, you was born in Chicago, you were born in somewhere. It was like the culture you was, you was born through. Through the through the finding of the culture, you know what I'm saying, or, or none of that will go through, you know, grew up with it or whatever. At least, you know what I'm saying. If you grew up over here, you know what I'm saying, but you love the culture, whatever, you know, do more, learn more about it. You know what I'm saying. Right. Don't just listen to hip hop. Say, yo, I, you know, and I, I, I am hip hop. I love hip hop. You, you know what I'm saying. It's like right. you really gotta feel that culture. You got part of it. You better go all the way through with it. You know what I mean. The people are 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 the culture. That's the streets, and then the business is the skyscrapers. You know, yeah. so it's like to me, a lot of people can't separate the culture from the business because, at this point, the business dictates the culture. It's like they take what people street level, your average working class person creates, and feed it back to them. They, you know, sell it back to them rather. Corporations, man. That's how corporations do, man. They ruin everything. They ruin. They try to, you know, just destroy something. It's a commodity. You know, turn not, it into a commodity. They're not making money. They're not making hands over me. You know, they, they'll destroy it. They'll take over it or whatever. And it's not valuable if it can't be used. But, uh... <laughs> but I, I, I wanna I just wanna I don't wanna get too preachy you know what I'm saying cause I can sit here and preach for <laughs> for an hour but I, I wanted to like address like future projects and the possibility of some of these hungry fans being able to consume some a, a bedlam burger in the near in the near future right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yo what are the chances 
Yeah, um, I'm writing slow, slowly but surely. I mean, I got a project, solo project I'm working on right now with Chrome from Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still been sharpening my sword, you know, time to time, you know. So it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Bell and Brothers definitely gonna come out with something else. I mean, it's just, it just takes a little bit of time. I've been on, I've been on a little hiatus, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, but, but for those that, that are waiting on some, uh, new bellum joints is definitely you know what i'm saying gonna be coming soon you know it, it, it's been in the talks it's been you know throwing ideas around and and, and you know so it's you know yeah, yeah. things 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 will be things will be coming together soon no doubt we got also uh besides the bedlam uh i mean the black feather messengers album you can also check out bedlam bullets that's on bedlam brethren.bandcamp.com and also uh we got we got three joints posted up on that uh as far as uh which was supposed to be coming from instruments of cruelty so that is b-e-d-l-a-m then we got uh we got uh assassin art we got when when the sun speaks when the sun speaks that's a hot joint right there that's when that's 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 another one of those joints that i need to peep man yeah, that video is gonna be posted soon on uh, social media for all the all y'all to follow John Coffee or Mercaba or Bedlam Brethren. You know, I, I make sure that it's spread around, spread the love around. We got uh today we just posted Stairway to Bedlam, featuring uh, the Low Life General, legendary uh, Big Vic Low, also known as Thurston Howe the Third. So yeah, it's on the way. It's on the way, people. The Bedlam, the Bedlam joint. I, I'll get Udi to do one joint. Definitely on the way. And for those that for those that that been patiently waiting, you know, what I'm saying, trust me, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be worth the wait. Yeah, man, because you got people saying that they praying and fasting, bro. Like if you fasting, they hungry, man. That's what he's trying to say. That's love, though, man. I mean, I mean, that's you know. That's the vibe that that's the vibe. That's the vibe of right there, man. When somebody tell somebody says, Yo, I'm praying, I'm fasting for for the new album, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, much love though, much love. Yeah, yeah, we got we got we got people out there that that's really man, I am telling you over the years, um, this dropped in twenty twelve and I've had people in the last even in the last month hit me up. In the last year, hit me up like it's periodic. You know, people, when's that, when's that new joint dropping? It'll be on a, it'll be a message on Facebook, or it'll be a message on Instagram, or it'll be a, you know, it'll be some kind of comment. You know, so it's like it made an impact. I mean, we got Spearman saying he's working with all kinds of artists, and he said that's still his his crown jewel as far as his achievement as a as a project. You know. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Spain man be, be definitely on, you know, on board for a new joint. Yeah, he uh, he's actually uh, I'm gonna be interviewing him soon. Uh, Sunday actually, I think I'm gonna be interviewing him. Uh, talking about some of his projects he's working on. And White Lotus hit me up about a uh, uh being a part of something called uh, the Blue Lanterns. He said he's got a collective of artists he wanted. He's like, man, you and Udi should get down with the Blue Lanterns. Shout out to Lotus, man. That's, that's 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 my Canadian, the, the Canadian, the Canadian connection, right? There. Oh yeah, I hit him up and he said that he's down to do an interview too. So I, he'll, he'll be discussing all the internal workings of the Blue Lanterns when we get him on. So you know. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely, we definitely gonna get on. We definitely gonna get on something. That's for real. And for those, like I said, for those that waiting, good things come to those that wait. No doubt. Leave me when you hear that joint. 
you're gonna love it. You gotta, it's, it's definitely gonna hit you over the head with some shit. No doubt. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's coming soon. I got in the meantime, I got the Merkaba joint, the chariot coming out. Collective effort with uh Chrome producer that's worked with Chuck D and um Brand Nubian and a lot of other people, some Wu Tang affiliates, you know. So yeah, in the meantime, man, I mean I could I'll put you as a guest feature on something. I could get you on a chrome beat, I could send you a track like Falling Down. I wanted to do a, a Falling Down, Falling, Bedlam Falling. EP with falling down beats. He hit me up not too long ago about doing something. I mean, we can fuck around and do bedlam falling. Shout out falling down. Yeah, we could do some. Uh, you know, that's that's the uh, one of the students of uh, Fort Disciple, a Wu Tang. Uh, he's got Wu Tang connections. Early producer, well, late producer for Kill Army, but on one of their last two albums. And also, he, I talked to him about getting on there too. So this might turn into like a producer podcast or something, you know? Because I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of people that are, that are saying thumbs up, thumbs up to an interview. So we'll see how it goes. But man, I appreciate your time, bro. I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, no, thank you for having me, brother. You already know. No doubt, and we'll have you back for sure. Absolutely, man. Hell yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out though to my dude Dave. Big's unique. 116 Productions. Oh, yeah. Jaden Platinum. You know what I'm saying? Verbal Gods. Yo, Verbal Gods. Definitely Verbal Gods. Thurston Howe the third. Thurston Howe the third. Yeah, yeah. That's something. So, you know what I mean? And to all my peoples and why everybody listening out there, man, all the fans, Bella fans, man, you know what I'm saying? That's one love, you know what I mean? Yeah, share this podcast with a friend. Anybody that's heard Bedlam Brethren, or if you want them to be introduced to Bedlam Brethren, let them hear this. We'll have you back. Yeah. Thanks for coming through, Udi of Bedlam Brethren. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to Coffee Talk. Are you interested in appearing on the podcast? Reach out to me at coffee.talk at gmail.com. Business owners and entrepreneurs are welcome. Sponsorship packages are available to have your product or service featured on Coffee Talk. Once again, that email is coffee.talk at gmail.com. That's K-A-F-I dot talk at gmail.com.